Welcome to Sex Unshackled. I am Becky Krepsley Fox, and this podcast is where sexuality and spirituality meet. Today on Sex Unshackled, I have Beck Thompson with me. Beck is an award winning dating and relationship coach, the number one international bestseller author, and the founder of the Relationship Circle. I am super, super excited to have Beck here with me today. Can you please tell the listeners what brought you to this work? Yeah, I, um, I've got a background in social work, so I started my um, career into that and I suppose moved my career um, into mental health and domestic and family violence and into therapy. Um, and I really liked the work of working with women and working in relationships. I found a lot of self-worth stuff come up with women and a lot of a lot of difficulties in relationships, obviously, with domestic and family violence. And then I just moved into coaching alongside that and then um, decided to leave the social work behind and move straight into dating and relationship coaching. And I haven't looked back. I love it. Mm, I love that I can tell you love it I get a special energy from you when you're talking about this stuff it's like radiating from you and that's really cool yeah, it's actually really fun to have landed on something that I like really enjoy like all of it which is nice yeah, yeah I agree it's so great today we're going to talk about communication and how to create new patterns in your relationship so I'm wondering Beck, if you could just kick us off by telling the listeners a little bit about your thoughts on this what this is um, communication yeah communication yeah. and relationships patterns of relationships like what what that is yeah it, like it's everything yeah <laughs> I think that like this is the number one thing people come to me for with support it's couples anyway it's mm. always to do with like either a mismatch in communication or a um a misunderstanding it's not being heard they could be saying the same thing and just not hearing each other yeah. it's like it's everything in relations I can't emphasize it enough and it's something that we're we're not taught like you learn from the people that raised you or that you watched or that you saw in movies or whoever was the biggest influence in your life that's where you got your communication skills from um and I even remember doing um we did basic communication when I studied for therapy and it was amazing how many people even then did get how to even do like assertive communication. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's no wonder that people don't understand communication. It's so true. I'm wondering if there's any difference in communication that we have with loved ones and communication that we have with people that we don't know as well. And if the kind of skills are the same, all round the board or if there's different skills that we need to have in my opinion like how you do one thing is how you do anything and I think that relationships are relationships I think that people different people trigger you differently so I think when you're in an intimate partner relationship you often feel the safest to be perhaps yourself so I don't know that you communicate any differently but you might <laughs> You perhaps let things um, slip that you wouldn't if you're in a professional relationship or um, you'll get more triggered easy or, you know, they might push your buttons in a way. I, I think that there's different things that, yeah, you respond differently. But I think the underlying skills of communication um, are the same for every relationship. Mm. Yeah, so it's almost like the skills would be the same, but 
what I'm thinking is the negatives might be more prominent in intimate relationships. So I've got an example with my husband when we, the first couple of years of us being together, I really realized when it was with me, he wouldn't say please or thank you. So he'll be like, pass me that cup. Or he would just like take something. And I said to him, you never say please or thank you when it's with me. And he was like, well, you're my, at the time I was his girlfriend. He was like, well, you're my girlfriend. I don't need to say that with you. And I'm like, okay, surely I'm your girlfriend. So you should be saying that to me. And I <laughs> yeah, just found it, the opposite. Yeah, I just found it such an interesting <laughs> dynamic, you know, you, what you're talking about that was so comfortable that those things just slip. And, you know, to be honest, probably now I don't always say please and thank you to him. I do try and make an effort, but, you know, we're tired. And that's an extra word mm. at the end of the day. And we're, and we're knackered and just lying on the sofa. So yeah, I completely mm -hmm. get what you mean. Mm, yeah. And like, you got to, I think, I think often the people that you feel the safest with are the ones that cop the brunt of probably the worst sides of you Yeah. because you feel safe to be that person. Yeah. And on one hand, I think that's beautiful because you show all your kind of less I was wanting to say the word ugly, but I was trying to find like a nice way to put it. So you're <laughs> ugly aside and that person still loves you, hopefully at the end of the day. But then also we always give our best selves to people who are outside of the home and then our worst selves to people inside the home, which really is a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what the main blocks in communication are for people. Uh, I think the the belief that the other person thinks the same as us i think we often make an assumption that uh, our partner like thinks the same way we do has the same values as us has the same beliefs as us and um, therefore they should act in a certain way so it's almost like assuming how they should act um, and what they think and what they say or what they are thinking and so much is just um I just assumed without being discussed I saw this quote the other day and I'm totally going to get it wrong but it had something to do with like relationships break down over contracts that were never discussed like it was so interesting he was yes. talking about monogamy but he was saying people have affairs and they don't talk about the fact of what monogamy means in their relationship and they just assume that they're just both not going to cheat because they got married yeah. and yet that was never made crystal clear and I think that that happens with so many things like it and the stupid, that's not stupid, but the thing that happens in relationships, it's over those small things. Like I had this couple once where he always put the dishes next to the dishwasher, not in the dishwasher. And that would infuriate her. Cause she's like, I just don't get it. I don't get yeah. why you don't just put them in the, in the dishwasher. But again, they're just making assumptions about what the other person should do or what the other person mm -hmm. should be. And I think the biggest argument that comes up is because that, people think they're right and they'd rather be right than happy a lot of the time they just need to win the argument and i don't think we think about it like that because when i say to couples would you rather be right or happy they go oh but before <laughs> that they're just trying so hard to win rather than thinking how do we like and really if one person wins in the argument the couple doesn't win yeah but, but they think they do and their ego has been <laughs> stroked but it's not getting them anywhere Mm, yeah it's so true it's also yeah. making me and think I about, go on yeah. no 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 you go I was just gonna say it's also made me think about um you're talking about assumptions and I think people grow in relationships a lot of the time they evolve and they might not behave in a way that they once behaved but what I've noticed is a lot of the partner might assume that the 
person who has evolved is still reacting in the way they used to react and still puts all of that mm. stuff on them you know oh you're getting annoyed about this um and the person's like no I'm not you know I worked through it I got through this stuff and now I'm actually fine about this thing but it's like mm. the other person I noticed doesn't catch up they haven't realized mm. and they put all this stuff on them about how they used to be and I think that could be quite negative as well and that could be taken just by a word or um a facial expression that they do and the other partner yep. already thinks that they know what that original is thinking when they don't yeah and the interesting thing about that is that then they don't have to take responsibility mm. so if they're putting it on the other person then the onus is not on them to to change they're just putting it back on yeah. and that happens so often you hear it like couples end up arguing <laughs> on a session with me which i find fascinating because then i can at least watch the way that they have an argument yeah but they, they often bring up the past and, and the other person saying, but no, I don't do that anymore. And then they're like, oh yeah, you don't. But it's yeah. almost like brought up as ammunition to like, again, to win that argument. Like yeah. the more things that I can bring up to win, then cool, I'm gonna pack on that ammunition. Yeah, it's, it's so difficult. You know, I get why people do that because a lot of the time, the stuff that's happened in the past is still raw. They're still upset about it. They haven't processed it. But then it's like, well, how can we move through that? Mm. If the other person's not doing it and we're still finding it hard to process, what, you know, what can we do to move through that? Yeah. Yeah. And like, really, I, I know we think that um, like we marry a person and that it's great if they don't change, but I, I don't know if I'd ever want to be in a relationship where the other person didn't change. Like I'm really grateful that we constantly grow and evolve and change and learn new things and do better when we know better and, and stuff. So it's, it's a nice thing that people have personal development and grow and change. Yeah. And it's making me think about, you know, that saying, um, the, the things that you like about a partner when you first meet them are later on the things that you'll despise. I'm wondering if you have witnessed if there's any truth in that, because I have actually seen some truth in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had a couple um, last night. Yeah, Thursday night, um, where that was the case. She's super passionate. Um, and that's what he loves about her. But that is also a really hard thing when they have conflict because she has to be yeah. right all the time. Um, so, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, very common. Um, you made me think of... Um, Esther Perel talks about uh, when, like, you think you you think you know you couple, your partner and that you should know everything about them, and um, but really the the beauty in relationships and where the desire comes from is that you don't know them and and you really don't like you don't know your partner you don't know what's going on in their head twenty four seven and that's where that desire and and intimacy and spark comes from when you can have that space and and mystery there. Because the minute you think you know everything about someone, how they're going to act and what they're going to do next, how boring. Yeah. That's kind of nothing left there with that flame. And and the truth is you don't. So it's just tricky. You don't know what's going to happen the next minute in your life. I love that. Just that reframe allows there to be so much more desire and novelty because we realise, mm -hmm. well, actually, this person I'm spending every day was in lockdown. Um, I don't yeah. know all these parts of him. Who knows? And that's actually quite yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I know you talk about the four predictors of a relationship ending. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is based on um, Gottman's work. So if you haven't looked it up, um, just Google Gottman and the four horsemen, because he's got a really cool video on it and explains it really well. But 
basically he's when they did research they found there was four predictors to a relationship ending so there's criticism contempt defensiveness and stonewalling um and really if any one of these are present it it's it doesn't look good for a relationship mm -hmm. and the reason is because they're so i'll go through them individually but they're so um destructive mm -hmm. um to a relationship and they're almost like like i think of them as so like they're little termites in the relationship unless you resolve them they kind of eat away at things um so there's criticism which we kind of all know what that is but criticism is super common and i think often thought of as the probably the the less lesser mm. of the evils because yeah. we do it we do it under our breath women are very good at this that i this is such a pattern i see all the time um but women will say i really want him to help around the house he doesn't do anything i have to do everything um, and then when I say, okay, well, let's negotiate what he can do. And then say we hand over a task to the husband. Okay, he's going to cook dinner on Wednesday night. And then he cooks dinner and the woman will go, oh, it was burnt or it wasn't good enough or hangs over him. And that's not how I would have done it. You know, yeah. like those little things are criticism. And then he goes, I'm not going to do it. Mm. I can't do it good enough. So just, I'm not going to do it. And that's why, I'm, you know, so it happens in such little things all the time relationships and it's those little digs at your partner that you don't don't even think about sometimes they're sometimes really passive aggressive um contempt is really it's got this like nastiness undertone i think and it's really like an attack on someone's self um and who they are as a person um and it can be that can be really destructive and, and that kind of i say that come out in arguments so people like the name calling the just any kind of nasty thing that you think you can pull out to throw at your partner to win the argument and it just causes damage yeah um, i think like i because they're the things that stick yeah. yeah it's yes exactly exactly it's horrible um defensiveness again super common and probably I think deemed on the lesser evil as well um, not that it is and that's more like if someone um, says something to you and you automatically get defensive or no that's not me you, you've got it wrong um, I'm not going to take that on um, I see this often when people use the words like always or never in a relationship so like you mm -hmm. always do that you never do that and particularly the male brain picks up on and goes that's not true that's not a fact and then goes <laughs> Not right, not right. So I'm yeah. not going to take that on. Um, and defensiveness again is just used as a way of not taking responsibility for what your role in it is. And if I can kind of, um, I kind of see it like that. Like if you've got a tennis racket and you're hitting it back at them, and no, I'm not going to take that. There you go, have it back. Here's <laughs> the ball in your court again. Um, and stonewalling, I think, is also super dangerous. That's where you. Uh, withdraw either physically or emotionally or um, mentally from the argument you could like um, give someone the cold shoulder you could just be really closed off from them just withdraw from the conversation almost like they don't exist anymore um, and that's really dangerous because it it just makes the other person feel like almost like you're withdrawing that love um, and can be a huge trigger for people so I have a bit of a complicated relationship with stonewalling because part mm -hmm. of me is thinking, yes, you know, that as a behavior is really unproductive. It makes, as you say, it makes the other person feel unloved. Yet the other part of me thinks if they're in an argument 
And the person who's stonewalling is flooded with hormones so much so that they are like in a freeze response so that they cannot respond. How can we, you know, learn the difference between a behavior of stonewalling or a hormonal rush of flooding mm. where they feel like they are unable to actually continue the conversation? Yeah, this literally came up last night because ah. <laughs> I said to a couple when they had argument, I was like, okay, it was the first session we've had. And I said, okay, you need to have a break when you argue yes, um, so that you don't need to notice before you get to that stage where you are getting flooded. Let's walk away, and and we just talked about stonewalling in the cold shoulder. Um, I think it's. I don't know if you're always going to know in the moment. I think it could look the same. Mm. I think you're going to know that maybe in the repair of the argument and discussing what had happened for each person and to know the signs of yeah. things. But I think for yourself, if it's happening, I think it's important to know like to understand your triggers to know when they're happening. And I believe that the triggers in a couple are kind of the responsibility of both partners for one person to know what triggers you so to not do it on purpose um, and the other person to know when they're being triggered to then take a step back or move away so that they can get their brain back online and go oh this is what's happening to me but I think from the I think from the outset the person watching you might not know because it could just look like they're switched off and you know often in an argument you're so in your own head about what's going on for you that I don't know if you're going to think about the other person and what's going on for them. It might just look yeah. like they're ignoring me. How dare you? Yeah. With some clients, I get them to say like a code word, which could be flooding yes. or we did that last night. red. <laughs> it's like I a mind them, reading. <laughs> yeah. I said, think of, um, okay, where's your, um, where's a favorite uh, like holiday destination for you? And that's the code word they came up with. I was like, at least that's kind of like a circuit breaker. It stops them. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It cuts in there. I think it's such a good idea. And then they know they've got to have a break, but they'll come back together afterwards. So hopefully that mm. allows the safety of the person who might feel unloved to know what actually after half an hour or an hour, we will come back together. They're not just leaving. And I've got no idea what's going on. There's like a plan. Totally. There's a protocol. Totally. Yeah. This happened with my husband and I, because I said he needs space when we have an argument and I need love. And so we had to come to an agreement of what would, how would we both get what we needed? And so yeah. If he needed, this doesn't happen anymore because I don't follow him around the house like I used to. <laughs> um, but if he needs space and needs to go to the garage, I either need a hug before he goes or when he gets back. Yeah. So that physical presence to know that he still loves me no matter what just happened and he needs the space without me following him. Um, but we had to come to that agreement when we were in the middle of an argument. Yes. And it's making yeah. me think about what you were talking about earlier, um, which, you know, I'm going to call it the relationship contract that lots of people don't do. Mm -hmm. And part of the relationship could be the relationship contract could be, well, how will we deal with arguments? What do we each need? Let's mm -hmm. plan this ahead of time. Like you were talking about, well, kissing someone might be cheating to someone and to someone else. It might not be, you know, mm -hmm. coming up with these conversations and decisions with your partner when you're not in the aroused stress state so that you have mm -hmm. a protocol to follow. And I think, that is what is missing in so many yep. relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's so important because mm -hmm. I just don't know how you would know otherwise what the person needs. Yeah. And it's it, this is something you just have to constantly revisit. You know, like these things aren't set in stone. What works for you this year might not work for you next year. So it's. Yeah, these things are you, know, you need to change. constantly communicate. Yeah. Yeah. 
And for the listeners, I just want to say, you know, it's not all doomsday. If you're listening to us and you're thinking, oh, my God, I do all of those things, you know, we there are antidotes. There are ways to work around it. You know, we've been talking about one for stonewalling. Um, do you have any other tips for people of other antidotes that they could think about? Yeah. Um, so like gratitude and appreciation are really important in a relationship and you, um, you know, if you can take the understanding of why you appreciate your partner rather than looking at the negatives about them, I think that that can help you flip things. And um, I always like to tell people to be um, think about gratitude in terms of what people do and who they are. So don't just be grateful of all the, like, I really love her because she does the dishes and she looks after our kids really well and she does the shopping, you know, like are you grateful because she's loving and caring and, and respectful, you know, like those kind of things. Um, I think taking responsibility is huge um, and probably if I, I know when I see a couple, if they're both willing to take responsibility, I'm like, cool, work can be done here. Um, it's really tough if neither of them or either of them want to take responsibility. So I think it's massive and it's hard to do. Um, so just be gentle with yourself and start by taking responsibility for little things. Like, I don't know if you've let the bin overflow and someone's upset that the bin's overflowing. You say, oh my gosh, I saw that and I should have taken it down. I'm so sorry. You know, like it doesn't have to be responsibility for the relationship ending, but take responsibility yeah. for the little things that niggle at you and then you'll learn how to take responsibility for your actions. And the beautiful thing about that is that when you do that, your partner mirrors you and it might not happen straight away, but it will happen. Over time, they'll go, oh, I see what they're doing. And it might be unconscious, but they'll start doing it. Yeah. And I think if one person starts taking responsibility, the other person will automatically feel less contemptuous, um, less critical. And even if they don't realize what's going on, you know, that subconsciousness will be there because the dynamic will have changed. So it cannot exactly. not influence the relationship. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's what's important to start with you and what you can do differently. Because yes. any, even that, like exactly what you said, when, when one person shifts in a dynamic, a dynamic shifts. Yeah. I get that a lot in one-to-one -one therapy, but is when we talk about the relationship, quite often the client that I'm seeing is complaining about the partner. The partner's doing this, the partner's doing this. I'm like, okay, but what can we do? You know, I'm working <laughs> with you. They're not here. <laughs> what can we do? What changes can we make? And sometimes it's really hard because they're stuck in this narrative of the, it's the other person. It's all down to the other person. You know, sometimes maybe a bit of it is more down to the other person, but there are still changes that each person can make that will affect their relationship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some red flags in a relationship to be aware of? Ooh, that's many. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think these are some, like it depends mm. how early on in the relationship it is. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting when you're dating that this is the time when it's important to look out for these things and, and you set the boundaries of what's okay and not okay, like really early on. Like I can't emphasise that enough. I've got a client at the moment who's just started dating this guy and he goes really non-communicative and I get what he's doing. He's pushing her away. I can see it from his angle as well. However, yeah. it's not respectful for her and what she needs right now. 
so she can ride that roller coaster and stay with him and see if things are going to change and but ultimately she has to accept that that's who he is and things might not change um and is she okay with that behavior right now so he just doesn't communicate just completely ghosts and and doesn't let her know what's going on because he he can't for whatever reason um but that's really early on like they've literally just started seeing each other so it's really important to look out for those things that like red flags are different for everyone yeah but you know in your gut that's what i would say if something feels off for you in your gut and in your intuition and it's not you're not in your head anxious about it if you can like i like to say i can feel it in my heart or my stomach when things are off Whereas if I'm in my head too much, it's I'm generally overthinking it. Um, but you'll know, like you can feel if something's off and whether you're making excuses for that behaviour or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes we really want things to work. So we'll just ignore what's going on and what we see and and kind of let things slide when this is the chance to set up for how you want it to go, mm-hmm. like in the beginning. And And the beautiful thing about boundaries is that people want them. Like people crave those boundaries. So they're not a bad thing. They're a really good thing to start implementing early. Mm. It's making me think. Recently I learned that in the UK, I think it's a very new law, um, if you start dating someone, you are allowed to go to the police station and find out if they have any kind of domestic abuse um, complaints underneath their name which wow yeah I know I literally found this out this week it's pretty huge right yeah that's massive yeah so yeah that's what yeah I can't even remember how I found it out but I found it out this week I think a documentary or something um so that's also an option I know some people might be like oh that's like a breach of privacy and for others that would come with so much safety because maybe they've been in an abusive relationship before and they just, you know, they're on edge. And this is a good way to know what actually this person hasn't done that in the past and Mm -hmm. hopefully wouldn't in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really important because unfortunately I know when I worked in domestic and family violence, you would see women repeat and repeat and repeat that same pattern of relationships and they get in a new relationship and they think he's so different and, he's not like the other guy and and you know then everything starts to fall away and yeah. unfortunately he's exactly like the other guy just looks different you know he's got a beard and the other guy did it um, but the behavior is the same yeah what would you say is the most important thing to have in the relationship in a romantic relationship hmm i think understanding If you can be, I don't know, I just feel like everything goes under that. Like if you've got understanding, you can improve your communication. Trust can be built. You can um, grow together. Like things have the opportunity to shift. Um, Yeah, Mm. I don't know if that's the right answer. I just pulled that out. (laughs) That's the first thing that kind of came to my head was, just if you can learn to to see life through their eyes and be curious about how that works, yeah, it's a cool place to sit. I mean, it goes back to do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And if you have mm. understanding, there's more capacity for happiness when if there isn't understanding, it's more about this, you're, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, like it's such a, an interesting thing because I don't know anyone who would want to be married to themselves, yet that's <laughs> kind of what we expect from our partners sometimes. <laughs> like, so true. Like the reason you love them is because they're different and because they see yeah. things differently. And, <laughs> and maybe they can, if you just lost your ego for a second, you'd see that they might have a really good point and they yeah. might teach you something. Yeah, it's so true. Amazing. Beck, it's been so great talking to you. Can you please yeah, tell the listeners what, what not what brought you to this work? Can you tell the listeners where they can find you? That's what I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my business is the relationship circle. Um, I'm on Instagram and social and Facebook and my website. And um yeah, you can find me there if you just Google it or <laughs> searching one of those platforms. Fantastic. I'm going to post all of that on the show notes page. Thank you so much for joining Thank me. Thank you. Thank you so much.